Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And today I have a very special guest joining us. You'll want to hear this story. So make sure you share this out and stay with us. All right, let me bring on my guest today, Mr. Joel Shagrin. Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you here. Uh, you have a um, you have a pretty interesting story, and and I'm excited to hear the whole thing. Um, you know, I, I this is all about helping other people, and and helping people get unstuck, have a breakthrough, and we are definitely live. So, um, Joel, why don't you um, start with telling everybody where you were born and raised? Southern Iowa, down in what my dad would call the Florida of Iowa. So the shape of Iowa is a little bit like the United States. Uh, yeah. he, was, he was quite the PR guy. So it, uh, <laughs> it was nice growing up in a small town. And my dad was a funeral director. So I grew up in a funeral home. Wow. How was that? Uh, pretty, pretty normal. <laughs> you know, you don't know any different, right? So yeah. it was an old mansion and half of the house was a funeral home. And I lived in the attic of one side of it up in a cupola. So it was kind of fun. Wow. But, uh, provided me to crawl out of a window and climb onto a flat roof and overlook the city. And it was a lot of fun. And this is in what town? Burlington, Iowa. Burlington, Iowa. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, Iowa is a, um, when you drive east to west or west to east, it's a pretty big state. And it's a and, lot of fun. And, and it's, and I, from what I remember, I spent a month in Des Moines and, and traveled the state with the, the company I was with. And, and, um, I remember it being really windy. It's a windy state. There's uh, a fair amount of windmills, uh, electric windmills all throughout Iowa because of that. So, yeah. So, so you grew up in a funeral home in Iowa and, um, and you went through school. Did you end up going to college? I did. I went to a photography school. Uh, I took a year off of high school and just worked. Uh, saved up some money. I went to the community college and then I went off to a photography school. It's been my passion since eighth grade and I'm still doing that. Wow. Are you doing any videography or just, just still photography? Uh, well, I have created, I've kind of, uh, I've become a film director and producer and independent on that side. I still do the commercial work. Um, primarily for the advertising world. And I started doing the dual projects, if you will, the multi-purpose projects where you go out with both your still and your video until those, until the stories uh, for the corporate world, for the advertising campaigns, et cetera. So 
I started doing that early on. That was an interest of mine. I hauled a video camera before video was inside the cameras. I called up a client. It was a Gatorade project we were doing, an ad campaign. We had, had rented a couple of uh, baseball teams, minor league baseball teams, to do the ad. Wow. And I had asked the art director, do you mind if I bring my video camera? And he says, oh, yeah, we got plenty of time. Let's play around with that. I'll be glad to help you. So it was it was 20-some years ago. And I've been schmitten. I love telling the story with with motion as well. That's awesome. I, I, I'm a fan of video stuff myself. So, um, so, so you, um, and I know that you recent, didn't you recently have something that was on that, that played on Hulu? I did. It was a, uh, an unusual story about people who race on frozen lakes in Minnesota. And it was race, uh, race cars. Really? Yeah, so it's a 60-year sport uh, or more, and I connected to a friend who was the president. He was a young kid and found out his story, that it was really a, a transformational point for him. He had gotten in trouble with the law for his street racing lifestyle, and he, the judge gave him an opportunity to turn his life around instead of sending him to jail for 10 years. Wow. So he focused on his faith and on ice racing and got himself around a new set of friends. And we told a little bit of his faith story, but really it was about the history of ice racing. Um, wow. Big That's transformation awesome. story. It was really a lot of fun. So it, uh, it didn't follow a traditional story arc, if you will, just because we had to mix in hit a little bit of his story to what the history arc would have been. But, it was warm and Hulu picked up on it and ran it for a year. And so I've got that under there. That was awesome. So. Wow. That's pretty cool. So you have an IMDB page. You know, I've never set that up, I guess. Oh, <laughs> I should. I well, should. Yeah. I've also won some Cleos for advertising. And Wow. Yeah. Well done. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, you know, and, and, Although that's some really amazing stuff um, that you've done and accomplished, we are um, we're here to talk about some some other things as well. But as your story unfolds in your life, um, at some point you got married. Yes, twenty two <laughs> years ago. <laughs> wow, wow, and and um, twenty two. So you were in college. <laughs> <laughs> right i just look young <laughs> yeah right yeah so so um but you got married you you um you want to want to talk about what happened after college where where did things go for you well uh this is my second marriage the um the first wife um, and I were together for 17 years. We did not have children. Uh, I think part of our story that she really, that um, was hard for her was that we, and myself, we had three miscarriages or three, uh, yeah, three miscarriages and one stillbirth. Mm. And somewhere in the divorce, there was conversation about she never healed from that. 
Uh, and I don't know if I was the scapegoat or not. But anyway, I've been. She walked away from the marriage, and in a short period of time, that was hard. Uh, yeah. But in a short period of time, been remarried, lovely, lovely, wonderful soulmate. So it. Uh, that's and we've awesome. been and we've been together twenty two years. So wow, so, that's awesome. Right out of college, right? Happy ending. <laughs> Happy ending. It's, you know, it's just life throws you curveballs, right? And you just yeah. you just pick them up and you run with them. Uh, I think Frodo was given the the line by Gandalf: "You don't plan your life, but it's how you handle it." I don't remember the exact line, but it was basically that, right? Which yeah. which you have the opportunity to to make a difference with. Yeah, yeah. So so eventually you had children or so here's the story i had a dream um my wife and i had been married a few years um plenty of passion no medical reasons not to have children right uh but we um did not have any we had gone to a conference and the person at the beginning of the conference made some statements and we sat back down uh, about infertility and we got a tap on the shoulder from a, a gal we had just met. And my wife and I were not on an adoption list. We're not seeking adoption. It was really not on our radar because plenty of passion, no medical reasons, as I said. And I had a dream six months earlier that we would be unwrapping a little blanket and inside the blanket was a little boy. And hmm. the dream went on with a little girl joining him and they got involved in a Shakespeare Maypole festival where there's music and dance and young kids dance with ribbons around a pole. And then um, at the end of the dream, our two children went outside a building and started to grow. And there was a context that they were, it was exceedingly good. And, uh, I woke up from the dream thinking, ah, oh, two parts of the business, kind of selfish, narcissistic. And the uh, six months wow. later, we were introduced to this gal who tapped us on the shoulder at this conference and said, would you like to adopt? And out of my mouth said yes, without hesitation. And I remembered the dream as soon as I had, was in the process of saying yes. Wow. And a week later, we met the birth mother through this lady. She was working with the birth mother. And two and a half months later, we brought Sam home from the hospital. Uh, and that was 18 some years ago. He's 18 and a half right now. So two years after we had Sam in the house, we had a, a phone call from the birth mother who said, ah. we said, we'll take the girl. Uh, and we're in an open relationship. We love on her. Um, but it, she was also uh, consumed quite a, quite a bit of alcohol, and we were pretty naive to. It wouldn't have changed our decision, but it, we were pretty naive to what those potentials um, uh, of what that alcohol had the potential of. Um, I I'm a little stuck. Uh, what I want to say, the potential issues that could, yeah, be created, yeah. could be created because of the alcohol. So it's, um, that we love on him and 
there we are 18 and a half years later right so yeah um so um, a little bit of go ahead i'm sorry no i i, I just said wow that's so so you had at this point now you had two children we have our daughter is 16 and a half yep. so from the same birth mother correct okay wow yeah so we had a so 14 years into the um uh, into sam's childhood there was an incident that happened that really we were trying this therapy and that therapy because there were a lot of disruptive behaviors and unexplained sorts of things and 14 years into his uh his life there was an incident that happened that really created a context for us to maybe my wife not me uh wanted to explore if the alcohol had an issue and i said absolutely pursue that and see if we can help him and he was diagnosed with a ARND diagnosis, which falls under the umbrella of FASD, which is the world's number one developmental disability. It's 300% more prevalent than autism. And nobody seems you want to, to tell, tell the audience what those all those letters you just used stand for. Sure. So ARND is alcohol related neurological disorder. And it's under the umbrella. There's three, four, sometimes five under the umbrella of fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. So F-A-S-D. Um, wow. So it's usually referred to as my son has a F-A-S-D or my daughter has been diagnosed with an F-A-S-D. And F-A-S-D is not the actual diagnosis. It's the umbrella of conditions under the F-A-S-D. Wow. Yeah, I was totally like, what's FASD? I don't know. And, and living with the behaviors, we knew what the behaviors were, but we didn't know how to explain them. They, they were a mystery to us. Uh, he's a smart kid, athletic, just lots of gifts in the creative context, friendly, just great personality, right? But, yeah. But then there would just be unexplained issues of um i don't understand this behavior you know and then you kick into traditional parenting and you know don't yeah. disrespect me and yada 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 and that just yeah. pushes the, that pushes the buttons even further so there's appropriate interventions to get the same results it just is a longer road to get there and are you talking about like like i mean what 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 are some examples of of clues that that i mean behaviors and like and was this was there nothing earlier in in the childhood that that maybe raised any kind of a a, a flag like uh this this is this doesn't seem right yeah so my wife thought about getting a diagnosis a couple of other times related to alcohol that she just didn't understand or she didn't pursue it because, oh, it's a stigma. How's that going to help? Yeah. I, I vaguely remember those conversations. She was really the one driving those kinds of things. Um, but what I've discovered is 85.6% of the kids are misdiagnosed. And it's ADHD, depression, anxiety, uh, those kinds of common things. And those aren't 
they're a misdiagnosis from the context that it's an underdiagnosis. Oftentimes, and you try to approach ADHD from a traditional ADHD perspective, yeah. and, you'll get, and you'll get nowhere. Um, and their wiring is different. So, the brain, the alcohol affects the brain. Uh, and I'm not anti-alcohol, but I am advocating there's an appropriate time to drink. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's most certainly a prevent um, drink responsibly message. Um, don't drink during pregnancy, any amount, any a time, because you just don't know. Um, right. Right. It's like wind in a storm. Yeah. Um, it's a fact that wind blows trees down and branches down, but it, may or may not blow them all down. So it's a huge, huge gamble uh, right. to be drinking during pregnancy. So I'll, I'll sidetrack with that. But the alcohol during the uh, pregnancy affects the child in three primary ways, cognitively, uh, self-regulation, and then impulsivity. And the main behavioral issues come from uh, the the attack of the alcohol in our limbic system. So the Olympic systems, the internal components that make up the, um, you know, it's on the inside, so it's really well protected, but the alcohol, sometimes the hippocampus doesn't even develop in severe cases or the corpus right. callosum doesn't even develop. So those, those aspects that make up the limbic system are highly compromised uh, when the alcohol really affects uh, the child. So it can come across as ADHD, but their endorphin level is not low. So you give them Ritalin and uh, behaviors accelerate because they already have dopamine. <laughs> yeah. It's it, but the way that the limbic system works is it just presents itself as that. Uh, What's what is the the you're calling it the what the limbic limbic system which is in the brain science it's made okay. up of a number of I forget if it's six or seven different components uh, but the hippocampus and the thalamus and the corpus callosum um, uh, corpus callosum connects the two sides of the brains and so okay. when we you and I are having a conversation and the hippocampus is deciding what to store in long-term memory. Gotcha. What so transfers it from one side of the brain to the other. I'm not an expert in that area, but that's what I understand happens. Yeah. Um, so they really have trouble with short-term memory. Uh, wow. so put them in a school setting. They may learn a math equation and do really well on a Monday, but on Tuesday, they may not remember it. Wow. Um, and... I'm learning that there's all sorts of educational tools that are much better for all students, right? And now our kids, kiddos that have this FASD, it's one in 20 school kids in 2018. And the epidemiologist says that that's conservative because it's peer reviewed. Wow. Uh, it was four different um, studies, one in an inner city, uh, major inner city, a mountain town, a Midwest town, and a sub suburb, and conservatively one in 20. And with COVID, we've most certainly have an increase in alcohol consumption. And so it's, it's going to be sad to see 
some of those results. So, so your child might have a, a processing speed, maybe one way to determine that or ADHD. And so if alcohol is um, suspected, yeah, it would be good to find find some help to see if it actually may be beyond just ADHD. So what? So so this is a pretty common issue. It sounds like, um, and sadly, it's an avoidable issue. But um, being a recovered alcoholic myself for almost 19 years, I can, I can say that, you know, there's an alcoholic does not realize what they're doing. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's very, it's, it's a weird disease. I can say that for sure. So, so what are, so you see these, these behaviors, you, you, your wife is, um, aware enough to say, Hey, this, this, let's, let's dig deeper into this. This could be alcohol related. Um, and where do you go? I mean, who do you go see a neurologist? I mean, who, uh, who do you see about something like that? Well, you get a neuropsych done and the issues behind, um, getting there aren't enough clinics to really and enough understanding we had sam in therapy after therapy and none of the professionals recognized us um wow yeah uh, we had a litany of help and the closest we got was trauma related to the adoption uh for an intervention so wow yeah, Minnesota fortunately has a nonprofit that's really leading the way on this issue. And so we had gone to them and they used the University of Minnesota, um, uh, a somebody that can do the neuropsych psych evaluation. They subcontracted that out and that got us going in the right direction. Um, and you know you're just we had this dream as i mentioned it was like well he's supposed to do really good at the end of the dream yeah right you're just devastated uh yeah because it's like opening a can a can of worms it's it's a complicated mind map of where you even begin because if you do this it means these five things can happen or if you do this these five things can happen and these might be connected and and that, and what I'm speaking about are other services and other help. And so, uh, two years after his first uh, neuropsych, we had a second one done. They encourage you to have it done every two years. And we went to a different organization at this point. We're a little more educated about the issue, and they um, they cleaned a lot of the the neuropsych up, so to speak and included autism and it's not classic autism, but uh, it presents itself as though it is. The behaviors are identical uh, because of just the way the brain function has been rewired. And so in that context, we would, uh, that opened up doors for intervention because of the autism. So autism is funded federally at 700 million 
mm. per year uh, that can be distributed through the different states. FASD is not really even understood. It's not on a IEP, which is a school individualized education plan. It's not even recognized uh, on that. Uh, and FASD is funded at 17 million. So here it is three times the prevalence wow. as autism and severely under, and I don't, I think autism should stay where it's at and even be increased, but we most certainly need some inter, some help with services and some education that goes hand in hand with this issue so our kiddos can be helped. Um, my my question, Joel, is is how what is the what is the litmus for for determining FASD or one of the which is I know the umbrella, but how do they determine that it's not autism? And it is FASD. I mean, is there some sort of a, a genetic marker that they're looking for? Is there a chromosome that's, that's, I mean, what, what is it that they're, how do they determine that? Well, I can't tell you the science per se. And when I say, I don't think Sam has classic, his presentation, it really doesn't matter. The fact that you're able to go through a series of questions, um, and parent input to get that psych evaluation. How he presents himself is he's highly rigid. Um, okay. And that's oftentimes in the case of autism, very, very concrete thinking. Um, socially, not really adaptive. So he scores like a 98 for body uh cues yeah really perceptive you can read my face if my back's to him he's just highly wow. able able to pick up on these cues but he scores two percent on how to interpret those so wow yeah um so highly highly vulnerable uh, just like any other child with fasd or with uh, autism so is there's often a chart, if you were to take a square and divide that into four sections and you've got your chronological age and he's 18 and now you have your emotional age, your co uh, cognitive age and your, um, I'm, I'm slipping on the, the fourth one at the moment, it'll come to me, but just the social, cognitive and emotional, there you go, yeah. and then the chronological, 18, socially emotionally cognitive or much lower um, wow and so put an 18 year old in the hallway of a uh, high school when their emotional and and psychological ages you know seven eight nine yeah spells disaster and we write it off as bad kids um right you know and they're desperate they they're really aware of their disability, whether or not they agree with it or not. Uh, the kids, the kids are correct. <clears throat> wow. Well, oftentimes, it'll. Be, I don't have that, but they know down deep they do, and they're desperate yeah. for kid, uh, for friends, desperate yeah. for friends because socially they just don't connect. You know, in the case of our son, he makes friends easy, but he can't keep them. 
And we've had those conversations that are really, he wants help in that area. Yeah. Um, so bless his heart. He's a great kid, but his brain injury trips him up a lot of times with, you know, at home, it's just chaos oftentimes, not all the time. But if he's trying to get somewhere on his phone and he can't get there or he wants something, he'll perseverate, which is he'll po po punch a hole in the wall because it wow. just eventually can become angry. Enough. Wow. He's gotten better at that, that we've replaced windows and sliding glass doors. and Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. Anyway, oh, those, aren't, those aren't to complain. Those are just the realities. Yeah. Those are the realities of what's going on with how many of our kids and with parents that don't understand it or don't want to press in. So once press in to want to help them. And so when we had the diagnosis, the diagnosis, I can talk. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I just like, oh, my goodness. I don't know anything about this. I'm educated. Yeah. How do I help this kid? Right. And it's wow. a paradigm shift <clears throat> or parenting. It's a complete. So I'll give you an example. Hey, Sam, in a traditional parenting. Hey, Sam, come wash the dishes. <laughs> you know, maybe there's <laughs> right. some sort of word there, right? I've learned, and then then you might go after him. It's like, no, don't disrespect me or whatever, right? You need to get up here and help. That doesn't go anywhere. So with this intervention, with a more appropriate intervention for our kids, hey, Sam, in five minutes, can you come wash the dishes and help the family out? And you still might get the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, right. just, you just ignore it. Just absolutely ignore it. Walk away. Five minutes later, he's like washing the dishes. Wow. It's, it's processing speed. So... Um, you were talking about alcoholism. Think of a child or think of FASD in that way. Um, you just take away the intoxication, but leave the effects with that child for their lifetime. They are ramped up. They've got impulsivity. Yeah. They don't think logically. You can't reason with them. Um if if they're keyed up, you can you can when they're they're calm. But if they're keyed up to want to say something simple, our son loves to fish, absolutely loves to fish. Mm. And so we've learned not to tell him I'm going to take him on a fishing trip in a week. <laughs> yeah, but tell him the morning of. <laughs> yeah, because he won't eat. For a week he won't do his schoolwork for a week wow. he won't you know it's that's what perseveration is you just get focused and you can't think of anything else wow um and so you learn to work with that and you know there's and i'm glad we've learned some interventions they're they're not a hundred percent but they've made a huge difference for the chaos in the house so when you when you um when you suspected or your wife suspected and you you're, you're making your rounds with all of these different um, physicians, psychologists, psychiatrists. I'm, 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 I'm making assumptions. All, all um, right. Yeah. Um, probably some pediatric people and, and, and you're finding did now, did anybody say, well, he, he's, he's, you know, appears to be on the autism spectrum. 
no. Um, I, I'm just curious at what point was there a moment where somebody said, oh, this is FASD? Well, that was more of my wife. We had an incident that happened that was more serious, and I don't want to get into that. But sure. My wife was, it's time to explore this, uh, if the alcohol actually had an effect on him, because we're not getting anywhere with all these other interventions and therapies, yeah. play therapy, you know, um, was one of those. And yeah. you would think she would have known that. Uh, I reached out to her on LinkedIn after Sam's diagnosis, and I had said, this is what he had. And she goes, oh, I should know more about that. I need to learn more. Um, who's, who's she? Who are you referring to? The play therapist. Oh, okay. okay. We worked with her for eight years, something like that. Um, okay. A number of years. And she got us in the ballpark, but she continually worked at, well, he's trying to protect himself. So think of a fetus kind of in the womb with their arms up in the ears and don't, don't. Yeah. They're literally trying to protect themselves when they come out of the womb in the same way. They're um, blankets. He had 50 blankets and 500 stuffed animals and being a little melodramatic but it was his fort pillows blankies so when he went to bed at night so kids have a lot of trouble sleeping they have a lot wow. of trouble with regular food intake wow. um, and those are a couple of signs now that doesn't mean it's the catch-all but those are some signs processing speed what does uh short-term memory um, I would advocate for Sam, kind of like what I was mentioning with the, the math equation. Yeah. I would go to the soccer. He's, Sam was is highly athletic, and he would be in and out of the top two teams growing up, love soccer. Uh, but he primarily did defense, take the ball away. Whereas if you're a forward, you've got to think about sequencing. That's right. a tough issue for our kids is if I do this, then I have to do that, and then I have to go do that um, wow. to get the ball in. He eventually, when he got older, because of repetition, could do those things. And he was quite a good forward at one point, but for years and years, he didn't even want to try. Right, he right. Wanted to take, just take the ball away. Well, I would go to the coach, and I say that once we knew the diagnosis, my son has FASD. And they go, huh? what's that mean? And I said, well, what it means for you is he, on Monday when you teach him and coach him, he may not come back on Tuesday and remember that. It isn't as though he's being lazy or wasn't paying attention. It's his memory can't get there. So just be patient wow. to do the repeat, right? Wow. Um, and he'll eventually get it. So I would advocate for him. I had no problem being able to say, he's a great kid. You know he plays soccer well. But here's what's going on. He used to have a nickname called Watts. So Watts? These Watts, as in some days he was on, some days he was on. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So when he got older, the, the speed of the game just, you, you could see him start to lose, um, yeah. you know, the, the ability to keep up with that. And he actually said, I can't do this anymore. But now he's in an adult league and it goes a little slower 
and he's yeah. doing well. It's a sport he loves. So, I, so is he? I mean, does like does he work? Does he is he able to to function as a somewhat normal? Yeah. So if you don't it, know his condition, you just might you might just think he's normal. And uh, to a certain degree, um, yeah. once you get to know him, um, his employer, he's got a vocational coach that'll yeah. stay with him because we did get an IEP uh, and that travels with you till you're 21. Mm -hmm. uh, and the vocational coach would call the, the employment and say, just make sure that you give him one, one thing to do at a time. Yeah. So that was helpful. So we feel pretty darn successful in that he's graduated from high school. Um, he didn't get a girl pregnant before that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. He, he's not on drugs or alcohol. And yeah. He's got a full-time job and he loves us. That yeah. was a pretty big success story. So I think. Um, I, I, it's yeah. And it sounds like, uh, I don't know what you're, what your faith is, but, um, sounds like God was involved in, in, um, I, because I, I think that, and I say that because like, you just seem like a really good and patient man. Well, thank you. I don't I, think, I think he yeah. may have caused some of your hair to fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shoot! Yeah. It, uh, that's a whole other story. I just <laughs> was reminded of our ten-year high school reunion when they did their little high school. This is way off subject, but it, uh, it part of my personality has been shaped by Sam because they called all of those people who lost the most hair up at our ten-year reunion. Oh wow! And I went by the mic on the way, and I said, "Okay, now all of those who." gain the most weight come up first now <laughs> it's like i have any control over it I know. oh i was reminded of a friend that i just got together with but that's been my personality right and so it's yeah. been a real bless sam's heart he's really helped shape me uh wow you know there's a scripture that says be completely humble and patient uh be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love. Well, that applies to mental health and a disability as much as it does to the context of racism or Jews and Gentiles that was being spoken of at the time. So faith has played a huge part in this and it's taken its toll um, in a good way on character development. Yeah. Because uh, you just want to press back with this behavior, but it's, you have to constantly be reminded it's a brain injury. It's a brain injury. You cannot wow. function the way that you expect him to. Uh, and what's really hard is he's intelligent and creative, et cetera, et cetera. But when he gets into his moments, you have to constantly, in those moments of one o'clock in the morning, yelling and screaming at you to get back onto the internet that is not a safe place for him. He has no, no reality of what that is. And um, just at those hours in the morning, you're just like, Lord, I need help. 
to stay calm. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. And bless his heart. He's a great kid. It, um, but we most certainly experience what a lot of other parents that are in isolation. It's a very isolating because of his age mixture, as I was talking about. He's younger mentally and socially than he is physically um, or chronologically. And so you have to constantly remind yourself he's 18 with all of the normal physiological testosterone yeah. through his veins. Yeah. But he's thinking like a seven-year-old. And so he's going to explore like a seven-year-old. Wow. Right? And so that's not a good mix. So you have to watch. You know, I sit here and I, I hear all of this and I think, you know, there's got to be, I, I'm and I'm speculating, but, there has to be a lot of kids and parents that are experiencing this and they don't realize they're experiencing this. They, they think it's something else. They think the kid is out of control and needs to go to juvenile detention center or prison or 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 whatever I, I and i know that i just got really extreme but 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 they're thinking it's something else and and yet it it's quite possibly this fetal alcohol syndrome correct yeah so you're not extreme 60 percent of our kids have um encounters with the criminal justice system wow. um, yeah so and and they don't learn uh, from consequences. It, it's hard for them to learn from consequences. It's not as though they can't, but that's a common theme. Um, that's, that's, that's really sad. Yeah. So, um, 25%, both men and women is a verifiable fact of our criminal justice system. Um, so as a filmmaker, part of that journey with our son and learning how to provide interventions for him yeah. was okay. So this is what I've been handed. Um, sorry, I'm a little emotional here. How the heck did this escape our, our understanding for all these years, really? Um, and so I just really knuckled down. How do we, how do we create some awareness? Uh, justice, is a high meter for me. Um, and it's, you know, it's not right that kids are affected this way. It's not right that we don't understand them and we don't have the interventions and we just don't know anything about this. And so I just picked up the gauntlet and said, how, what does this look like for a film? And so it's a feature length film that I'm working on fundraising for. It's called Embraced and it comes, the name comes from how I embrace my son. Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, and it's, there's the story spans family, classroom and criminal justice is what I see envisioned. And then we will mix a little, we'll highlight a little controversy and provide a fair amount of the neuroscience and the medical aspects and we'll finish with stories of hope and success so that's the span of the story and what i see is kind of a hybrid 
of a docudrama, so to speak. Yeah. I, I want to script the stories rather than just do a reenactment. And those scripts might come from uh, an eclectic or an, uh, uh, a gathering of 10 or 15 stories that I've heard threads of. But anyway, to script a 10, 15 minute story, yeah. and then weave in the interviews, uh, facts and story go a long ways. Um, and between those three stories and the rest of what I plan to cover creates the feature link documentary. And i am uh, been very planful of that because we can also extract the, the family aspect as a 20 minute educational segment. So the mom who wants to advocate at the PTA or the church group or a social worker, et cetera, they've got a 20 minute educational piece they can use is part of that. Uh, as their talk in the same for the schools and for the criminal justice. And then I don't plan to reenact a medical aspect, but I do provide, I want to provide a fair solid foundation in that area. And there's a lot of OBGYN doctors um, and pediatricians that don't recognize this. Our, our pediatrician for our son was like, never heard of it. I want to watch the film when it's ready. It's like, well, make a donation to help us along the way. Yeah. Um, but bless her heart, they, they, it's not as though people don't want to know about it. Yeah. Not as though a birth mother does this deliberately. So I, I want to address the stigma, both for our kiddos and for the birth mother as well. Uh, that'll be woven through that. That's um, a human condition. We all have issues. Let's support one another and figure out how to kill the stigma around this mental health component. You know, that's, that's the, that's the, that's, that's my entire life is, is, you know, I, I, I try to convince people that, Hey, you know, listen, um, you're a human being and um, you're going to screw up you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes and um, it's okay to be yeah. imperfect. Um, and, and, you know, but I, I think that from what you're saying, um, we're, we're, we are, um, I don't even, I can't even think of an analogy of how just off, off we are as a human race addressing these issues in the wrong fashion like we're we're saying you know that this this is a a this is criminal behavior this is you know whatever it is and 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 not looking at the root issue in a lot of cases it, it it sounds like to me like the root issue is the the there there was the mother consumed too much alcohol during the pregnancy and it caused a brain injury for the child. Right. It's really that simple. It is that simple. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, um, only 10% of kids that are affected with this really have a physical trait that you can recognize um, that there may be an issue. For the other 90%, like our son, 
you'd have a really tough time looking at him physically. And I've had a number of people say, Sam, no way. It's, <laughs> it's hidden, right? It's behind, it's behind the skull. You don't see that his brain has been shrunk and the folds of his brain are less than ours. And I haven't done a, anyway, the uh, issue is 90% of our kids don't have a physical trait that we can look at and give them grace for. Um, but the reality is it is a, it is a brain-based issue. It's not a behavior-based issue, but we hold a high standard. If they've done something, we've got to send them to prison, but uh, I, I get that. But at the same time, we need alternative justice issues. Our son needs a new set of friends. If he's got a wrong, wrong, wrong crowd, he's just going to go with, Hey, Sam. Why don't you go in? He's not done this, but as an example, hey, which is common for getting in trouble with the law. Hey, Johnny, go. You want to be a part of our gang? Why don't you go in and get us a six pack off the shelf? Yeah. And he's, most of these kids are compliant. So they stop when the clerk says, What are you doing? Stop. Well, they told me to steal it. And they're like, Oh, yeah, sure. But the reality, that's what's really going on yeah. because it's the brain-based piece. So how do you help identify that? I have ideas behind where we can go with that. But the first step is to get the film done. And then yeah. in my, my target audience are really parents. Uh, it's a huge issue within the adoption and foster care issue. Well, you know, Joel, I, I mean, I'm going to say this again, you know, your son and now is there is uh, before I say what I was is, is, are there any issues with your daughter? No. Wow. Yeah. So it's like going back to the illustration, which has created some controversy, right? Yeah. Well, our daughter wasn't affected. So how can it be alcohol? Right. Well, take the storm analogy, right? We've got wind in a storm. It's a fact. Yeah. Right. Wow. So we need to highlight that a little bit. Most of it is from what I, I've done quite a bit of research. I can't find anything uh, that really supports it. It's just the opposite. There's over 40 years of research yeah. uh, that supports any amount of alcohol at any time during pregnancy runs the risk. Um, and so it goes to that context that wind in a storm blows down trees and branches, but it may not blow them all down. But it is a fact that wind in a storm blows trees down. Yeah. Um, so it's you know, it's, or, it's an organic. The fetus is organic. May the birth mother may eat different. It's a different birth father, different right. resistance. So we don't know. There are cases of twins studies of twins where one was affected and one wasn't wow yeah so you, you know um your son ended up um god knows what he's doing how about i just say that he 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 could have put your son in in, in an environment where um the the parents weren't you and, 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 you know, the behavior of, uh, of, of your, um, 
here's here's a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Laura. She's a she's a nurse practitioner, but she's she's an amazing lady and and she knows she knows her stuff, but um you know, I think that God put him in the right place. Let me just say that because you you seem to have just some amazing patience and and um yeah. Well, it's I've pretty much put all of the 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 career. I mean, I, I haven't put it aside, but I have in the context that I don't pursue the advertising world the way that I used to. I was prolific at what I did. I was booked three months in advance. I'd fly 250,000 miles a year on one airline. I was busy, plus yeah. all the other airlines and travel, et cetera. Um, all of that went on hold to help him. Um, and I don't know that I would change any of that. And the challenges most certainly are there. And yeah. I'm not perfect. There's times as <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> right i'm human and it's just eventually <laughs> when you're getting pecked at for hours on end day on end it's unfortunately those patients run out at times but the but i wouldn't change it right and now i've been given this privilege of all right i'm a filmmaker and let's make a difference here and let's take up the baton or the gauntlet or whatever analogy you want to use. And let's, and it doesn't mean the challenges have gone away, but I wake up each morning and I'm excited. And wow. after four years of really digging into this, I wake up with even more excitement. So I know I'm on the right path and I want to make a difference for these kiddos and for my son, you know, let's start with a small step and take the, um, the, the calling, if you will, because I had this dream and I have to constantly remind myself, all right, God, you gave me this dream that really anchors who he is and where we're going to go with this. Right. And so and, and my skill set is production comes like breathing for me. Um, it's just give me four or five projects at the same time and I can talk in depth about all of them. And I want to keep it this simple. Yeah. Let's produce a documentary. Let's start with, yeah, and we need funding for that. So we're in the fundraising stage, um, and let's get a prototype done. What's what's the fun, What's the funding goal? Uh, Seven hundred and fifty thousand. That's it. That's it. Well, the marketing side's a whole nother. That's into the seven figures. We'll get you. We'll get you on on a bunch of shows like this, and and. That's that's what you need to do. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I, I want to ask one question before I forget. What is the website address for anyone that would like to to donate to your project and 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 or get to know you better or learn more about all of this? What's what's a website? Well, thanks for asking. It's embracedmovement.org. Embraced movement.org. Org. Yeah. And, you know, I need, I need help in all of those because I'm, I'm wearing the hats for the website and trying to do fundraising and that's not my gift, um, gifting, so to speak. So if somebody wants to volunteer to help with those kinds of things, 
I need some help with that. I've got ideas of what, um, uh, how to help get people that want to participate involved. Uh, we need volunteers to get us going. But the, the documentary budget is a little higher than a normal documentary. But part of that is I want professional actors to act in these short films. Uh, I want some celebrities involved. There's a long list of celebrities that probably have this issue. I'm not going to name them right now. Yeah. Um, but have this issue and can we get them involved? And some of that takes at least covering a stipend and some expenses around that. Uh, I have some ideas of how to stream this for free with a sponsor and, um, and then make the product available so that people can purchase an educational segment for $10 or whatever it might be. If they're, yeah. Um, so I want to make it really affordable, but it, my goal is really to reach 5% of the U S and Canadian population. Um, our issue is 5% of our, um, FASD is 5% of our population, one in 20 kids. Right? Well, I think that we should, should, should raise that goal to like 40%. And, um, because I, I look, I think the the at the end of the day, the more people that I, the more people that know about this, the more people that know about this, the more the the better the chance that that we can have a really really positive impact in the world. Well, absolutely, and so my goal is let's. I've been building an international network with the nonprofits. Uh, yeah through Zoom in casting the vision. Let's have online watch parties with your 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 followers for your nonprofit yeah. and use it, the film as a fundraiser on their behalf uh, yeah. as well. And so we've built, uh, we're getting, starting to pick up some momentum with podcasts like this and getting featured in blogs and writing. And I do, I've been interviewing, I'm probably close to 40 interviews from around the world through Zoom. Yeah. Uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, let's not slow down, let's just do it a different way. I'm not gonna use, yeah. the, use the visual, but I'm looking for stories. Yeah, I'm looking sure. for connections, right? And so yeah. Zoom has provided that. Uh, I am, uh, to reach some of those aspects, you know, I would, and target audiences. I really need help in, um, if we're going to have success, we really need to connect with the professional associations. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back, I've got the vision, but my time can get interrupted by my son's schedule. Uh, sure. Some yeah. of it natural, it rains, and he works at a landscape, outdoor wholesale landscape. So he's running a bobcat and it's muddy because of wow. rain he comes home right so um wow and then i'm not able to do this call or that call or yeah etc etc i need connections to celebrities who may want to speak out on this issue um i would love to have a celebrity that's celebrating sobriety to be the host for this film yeah and, and that's part of what the budget goes for is to pay you know, some sort of 10 cents on the dollar or cover their expenses, et cetera. But who better could 
address somebody as a host than celebrating sobriety. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. the for the prevention side, right? Um, yeah. And bring their influence with them, and so those are the kinds of things I need help with. Um, and so it's not just finances, but it's also other types of resources and volunteers that can help us in those areas. But how do we reach the school association professionals so that we can reach that target audience um, in that and the professional psychiatrists and therapists and all of those types of other associations? It's, it's layers and I'm excited and we're making progress here. So there you go. And I think you froze up, Ken. I don't see myself froze up. So at, uh, until you're unfroze there, there you go. You might be coming back now. Sorry, it looks like Ken froze up here, so. I don't know if he's in the background, I'd be talking over him. Otherwise I could go on here a little bit. Um, I will, I'll go ahead and say a few things. If you're, you're sensing that you may know somebody or have a child that you're just not, oh, here you go. You unfroze. I'm so sorry. My internet went out. I don't know what happened. This well, happened the other day too. Gee, well, Christmas. I'm so sorry about that. Well, I was, wasn't sure if you were saying something in the background. I would, didn't want to talk over you. So No, thank you for hanging in there. I don't know what happened. I'm sitting here panicking. I broke out in a sweat. <laughs> well, I was going to suggest if people are sensing, oh, that might make sense that somebody I know or a cousin or a family member, oftentimes you can start with uh, the diagnosis going back to that with your universities. Yeah. And, and uh, they oftentimes have a pediatrician or a neuropsychiatry department that might get them going in the right direction. Well, you know, I, I think that um, here's here's the thing. I I um, I truly believe that you are on a a an unbelievable. You have a great mission, um, and I truly believe that it's been ordained by God. And I truly believe that nothing can stop that. Nothing. So, so I, I, I'm, um, I'll receive that. Thank you. <laughs> you need to receive that because I truly don't think anything can prevent it from happening. And, and this is a, a, a very, very, very important, 
um, thing. I don't know what to call it. This is a very important um, topic that people need to be aware of. There needs to be awareness. That's the primary goal. I saw something pop up here. What is your goal? And, and awareness is most certainly the, um, you know, and for me, awareness is let's make this a, as known as um, autism. That makes yeah. it tangible, right? Yeah. We, yeah. When you say autism, you may or may not know the behaviors, but you give grace to the person who has autism. Um, and right. you're, you're aware of it. We don't have that kind of awareness yet. And so that's, that's the primary goal. And then um, the second phase of this is really to market the educational segments to the professionals uh, and the professional associations. The, yeah. How do we reach the teachers so that they better understand this issue, right? How do, how do the psychiatrists, the, you know, very few psychiatrists even understand that. Um, well, let me ask this. Let me, a and, and so for fetal alcohol, you're calling it F A F what did you F, F A S D. So F fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Okay. Pediatrician. So, well, let me finish real quick there, Ken. Um, F A S is fetal alcohol syndrome. And that's the physical aspects. That's part of the umbrella. Okay, got it. And most pediatricians understand FAS. Got it. They don't understand FASD. I, I oh. was thrown under the under the bus by a bunch of doctors. I, I had finished up writing the first round of <laughs> the business plan, and I went off to coffee with my editor, and I said, and a bunch of doctors came in we found out later they were doctors and asked us to move because they wanted the big table and we said sure and found out they were retired medical doctors and i said to my editor jeff i'll be back next week with the executive firm there's my funding they threw me under the bus uh one of the doctors said yeah. and i did go back the next week and they said yeah right my wife drank all through pregnancy hey johnny you think they turned out okay uh, so, uh, wow. somebody has here, let me read that. Yeah, it's not even in the DSM. Uh, yeah, you're right. Not even in the current one. So there's lots of changes. And the National Organization of Fetal Alcohol uh, Spectrum Disorder is highly behind us. I've reached out to somebody that's been really responsible. Just part of the goal is this. Um, um, Senator uh, Tom Daschle, uh, you froze up on me, so I'll just keep going here, Ken. Uh, Senator Tom Daschle was really responsible for fetal alcohol spectrum disorders national organization. Um, he did some fundraising with Kevin Costner. I would love to connect with him if anybody has a connection. Um, Kevin and he went out and did fundraising and Kevin loaned his voice back in the days when uh, Dances with Wolves was going on. It's a, it's a huge issue on the uh, reservations. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's it affects every nation, every race, suburban. It doesn't well, matter, but nonetheless. Yeah. 
I, I listen, I we've gotta we've gotta wrap this up. I, I I apologize. I am having internet issues all of a sudden and I've gotta address that. So um and I don't wanna freeze on you again and disappear. So um listen, I um this this hits very close to home for me. And um, you know, I'm very, very grateful that you you have been on and and talked about this. Uh, maybe maybe we do some more of this in the in the near future um, to bring more awareness to the world. That would be awesome. I would so, love that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think this is something that um, everybody needs to be educated about. And and Laura, I see Laura's. She's she's an amazing. Her her husband's a physician. She's a physician. Well, she's nurse practitioner. Same thing as a physician, they probably are smarter than most physicians. Um, but, um, you know, I think that, that, and she's right. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that can be, um, that, that, that can be targeted to bring education or awareness to, to the world. Cause I don't think most people understand this and, and the level of intensity, like how big it is. Well, absolutely. And I've got a folder that has, uh, or 12 folders of different organizations I want to reach out to or different industries. And within yeah. that, there are layers, right? Yeah. yeah. Those are the things that I need help with. I just yeah. can't keep up with all of it. It's, it's most certainly um, one of the first people I connected to was uh, ACOG, which is the OBGYN organization and they're wholly fully behind us and they said we can't provide money but here's a list of 12 things that we can come along and support you and I need to revisit that but again it just there's so many layers and yeah this yeah. affects our society so it's gonna have the layers um, yeah yeah but you know politicians like I started to say uh, Tom Daschle and I have gotten to know each other a little bit and he's behind this and he really wants to have uh he's lost contact with kevin costner that he's given me permission to say the two of us are looking to connect with you kevin we yeah. would like for your voice for this at some point to speak up and what that looks like i've got some ideas but i don't want to be pretentious um well it's uh, kevin or somebody else it, it's it needs some attention and celebrities most certainly can bring their influence. Yeah. Um, so, and, and guess what? God, God has a connection with Kevin. So, um, you know, there's, there's what there's, there's a way. So, um, listen, Joel, thank you for being on here and being so open and transparent and sharing your amazing story and journey. And I, I truly believe this is just the beginning. So, um, thank you for being a guest today and, and being so open. You're amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I thanks, appreciate Pamela. it. Thanks for our friend Pamela. Yes, Pamela. Up. Thank you, Pam, for, for introducing us. You're, you're a rock star. So everybody who's watched and shared this out, thank you. If you haven't shared it out, please share this out so we can get the word out about this. So you guys have a great day. Joel, stay with me and I'll chat with you here in a minute. Have a great day and thank you again for watching. Bye-bye.